It surrounds our planet on all sides and has fascinated mankind since the dawn of time. This week on In the Shower, we ask Does space end? In the shower with Tazamarcus, 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 in the shower with Tazamarcus. Hello, lovely listener, and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized, informative podcast that's aimed to be listened to while you're in the shower, but really, you can listen to it anywhere at all. The whole point of this podcast is we take the questions that have kept you up at night, the mysteries of the world, and we take our fact-answering hammer to them and blow them up for your listening pleasure. Have you ever wondered why our hair turns grey? Or if plants have feelings? Or why plastic is so bad. Or why we put up a tree in our house at Christmas. If you have wondered any of those questions, then good news, you've come to the right place. We've answered all of those questions on In The Shower with Taz and Marcus. They're all available on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And this week, we're about to answer one more. This week's question comes from Dublin native Joey Carolyn. And he's he's asking a big one. Step into the shower with us as we ask... Does space end? In the shower with Tazamarcus, 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 in the shower with Tazamarcus. So, this week's question comes from the one and only Joseph Joey Carolyn. Hope you're well, Joey. And researching it, I'm not going to lie, this has absolutely melted my brain. I'm so excited for this. It has turned my brain into mush. Do you know what? Actually, one of our episodes that gets the most amount of response, I think, is Do Parallel Universes Exist? Yeah. So I kind of think that this is similar and you explained that one to me and I was mind blown so I'm ready to be further mind blown. Oh, so basically Joey has asked, does space end? Do you know what? I gotta say, the variety of questions we get on this podcast is really like, it's so incredible. From baby pigeons to parallel universes, like I said, and simulation theory, right back to literally wiping your bum to whether space is infinite or not. I mean, you know, variety is the spice of life. And it's great that we can actually get a little insight into so many different facets of the mysteries of the world. Um, but yeah, this this episode absolutely killed me. Why? How so? Because, like, I love space, you know? Like, every... Little boy of my generation was given rockets and starships and like all the TVs were like, TV shows were like, you know, Star Wars and Stargate SG-1 and um, like Star Trek. And I've loved space forever, but for whatever reason, I haven't really looked into this question. Um, It's this vast, great unknown that's above our heads at all time and it hasn't... It's a bit scary. it's, It's crazy, isn't it? But like also space hasn't been as topical as it is now since the space race. Since, like, you know, the, ni- the 1940s and 50s. Like, it's estimated that, that we'll have humans on Mars in the next 10 years. That is absolutely yeah, crazy. They're saying that 2030, they'll most likely have somebody either in orbit of Mars or setting foot on Mars. That is it's, absolutely crazy. And, sp- like, space tourism. Elon Musk is all about that, isn't yeah, he? Elon Musk is absolutely, yeah, he's crazy about space tourism. Um, Elon and the Japanese billionaire uh, Yusaku Miyazawa are going to be the first people to commercially go to space as early as 2023, which I, which is going to sneak right up. And it's actually cool. Yusaku Miyazawa wants to bring a load of artists with him. 
To do what? To get inspired by space. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what, bring, what kind of... Go on. What kind of artists? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Painters, musicians, poets. Wow. What, uh, kind of, what kind of timeline are we talking here? Um, so, th- as early as 2023. What? Yeah. Uh, the big Falcon rocket is designed. It's being built. It's going to be tested. And literally, it's, uh, the, the trip will go up and take them around the moon and back. Holy So, moly. like, that's the thing. Like, space access and space travel is looming. It's on our doorstep. And the thing is, like, then you look at that and then you go terraforming and the colonization of planets. What's terraforming? Terraforming is basically, like, turning unusable Earth into usable Earth. So, say you go to Mars and it becomes colonized. It's getting terraformed. Okay. It's insane. And then... So, it, would it be called tasaformed if... I went to places and reclaimed it for myself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that if that could work. That could fall under the colonization of planets. Um, <laughs> but the thing, the fact that all of this could and probably will happen in our lifetimes is terrifying and amazing. And the, the thing that really kind of interests me more is the speed of progress that we'll witness with between now and the next thirty to forty years is going to be massive. Oh yeah. Well, when you consider that the Wright brothers first flew in 1903, right, right at the turn of the century. They flew for the first time, and they only flew, you know, maybe a couple of hundred meters or something like that. But then just 11 years later, the first commercial passenger airline took flight in 1914. So in... in, in within 40 years. Hmm? Within 40 years. No, that was in within 11 years. Within 11 years. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Within 40 years, the Soviets were launching dogs, shortly followed by men, into space. This all happened in like a hair over 50 years. That's massive. And like, it's a terrifying expansion that could happen again. And this genuinely gets me really giddy thinking about it. When you think that like all of a sudden this becomes feasible, like the, the, the possibility of going to space becomes feasible and approachable by mankind, then, then that becomes something that people will, will, be gra- will be drawn to. You know, they'll gravitate towards it, no pun intended. And... <laughs> You'll see, yeah, like it'll become accessible. It'll become, especially if any of the planets that are within any kind of reach of ours are resource rich. You know, that's it's very interesting to kind of to think about. Would you go to space if you could? If Elon Musk called you right now and said that he wanted you aboard his rocket tomorrow, would you go? I don't know. It kind of feels like a bad chat up line. I'd be like, Elon, <laughs> what do you mean you want me on your rocket? <laughs> <laughs> but no, to be honest, like if he was like. Oh, let's go to space, buddy. I was like, I probably would. Yeah, would you? Oh, uh, yeah. It would depend on whether I'd get home or not, because I, I do like, I do like my little house here in Dublin. Yeah, I suppose. I never, I, I never really thought about that. Do you know what? It's actually, it must be fairly daunting for the Mars astronauts who might just have, well, you know, they're just gonna stay there. What? I never, I never really thought about that. Like they're, they're being shot into space to never come back. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, the the Mars One website has a whole section about the ethical conundrum of sending people on what is essentially a suicide, a suicide mission, mission yeah. To, yeah, to a faraway planet. Um, and this is what the, I copy and pasted this directly from the Mars One website. Right, okay. um, Mars One is NASA's official website of like the the mission to bring people to Mars. Um, and the way they word it is like a one way trip, or in other words, emigration to Mars, is currently the only way we can get people to Mars within the next twenty years. This in no way excludes the possibility of a return flight at some point in the future. It is likely that technological progress will make this less complex down the line, not to mention the fact that once the planet is inhabited, it will be that much easier to build the returning rocket there. 
This means that in time it could be possible for astronauts to return to Earth at some point in the future should they want to do so. All of those emigrating will do so because they choose to. They will receive extensive preparatory training so that they fully know what to expect. Astronauts that have passed the selection process can always choose not to join the mission at any time and at any point during preparations. Backup teams will be ready to replace any crew member that drops out, even at the very last minute. That's a fairly huge sacrifice, isn't it? It's insane. So they're they're talking about sending a certain group of people there uh, once every two years. So basically building the colony every two years. Oh my God, that's crazy. It's insane. But like with all of the talk of people going to the moon and Mars, I know Voyager being like 14.3 light years away, um, the constant in all of this kind of space exploration is that humanity always wants to push further. Yeah. So sometimes at the cost of their own lives. And I guess why this question is interesting is that pushing things further implies that at some point you'll eventually reach a climax or an end. And when the question asked is, does space end, we don't actually have an answer. Surely there must be a bit of an idea, though, whether space ends or not. Like, who who actually came up with our, so, like our solar system mm. so, as like okay, our, our, like, our finite system? Kind well, of. I'll get to that. So, obviously, like, space is massive. Jungle is massive. Yeah, well, space is massive. Do you know what? It scares me a bit how small I think I am as a person in Ireland. How small Ireland is as a country on the planet Earth. How small the planet Earth is in our solar system. How tiny our solar system is in the uh, galaxy. Like, wait, wait until I actually like point this out to you. Like you like, like, and I'm still worrying about the embarrassing thing than my awkward moment with the shopkeeper earlier. And yeah, that's how small I. Do you know what I mean? But that's yeah. It's like that's the thing. Like when when it comes, as I said, like to the question of whether space ends or not. Like space is everything. We are occupying space right now. The planet is occupying space. Our our solar system is occupying space. Space is enormous. Oh, I just got one of those weird feelings. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, nothing is certain. What is life? Yeah. So you know, it's big enough to contain all the planets and the sun and all the stars that we see when you look up into the night sky. It's a big old place. And up until not too long ago, uh, people thought that what we could see from the Earth was everything. It was all of space. Um, until a lad named Edwin Hubble rocked onto the scene as a young scientist and flipped the entire script. Edwin Hubble, as in the Hubble telescope? Mm-hmm. Ah. So the very same. What he discovered uh, kind of rocked the world of astronomy so much that NASA named the Hubble telescope after him. So... Up until that point, it was thought that fuzzy little small patches in the distant reaches of space were enormous clouds of dust in our galaxy called uh, nebulae, which is the plural for nebula. But Hubble discovered that they were actually groups of stars that were really, really far away, too, too far away to be within the Milky Way galaxy. So he discovered that they were also galaxies and they were far further than anybody. Yeah had previously thought. I'd say that was the day Edwin Hubble had his mind absolutely shattered. Can, can you imagine like climbing down out of the telescope and being like, what have I just discovered? Like, I've just discovered that like space goes on umpteen million times further than we terrifying. thought it did. But it gets more interesting, right? All of the galaxies and suns and stars and nebulae and everything that we can observe from Earth 
are just that, right? Okay. It's what's called the observable universe, which scientists reckon is about 93 billion light years from end to end, right? And that's just what we can observe. That's our observable universe, yeah, which is an absolutely staggering number to get your head around. When you consider a light year is the distance light can travel in one year, and light moves at approximately 300,000 kilometres a second. And this is 93 billion light years from end to end. That is that like that is massive. Oh, it's like it's the more you this is this is roughly the point of my kind of when my reading when my brain just started to disintegrate. Like thinking And about, that is that is only what's observable to us. It would take light ninety three billion years to get from one end of the universe of our observable <laughs> universe to the other. So That's crazy. Yeah, so you know, as I said, space is massive. <laughs> It's it's insane. So Hubble made another discovery, and that's that the faraway galaxies that he could see seemed to move away over time, which implied that the universe is still expanding. So that if they were moving away from each other over time, it stands to reason that they were closer to each other at, at, at some point, right? This is a heavy episode that has kind of changed the way I look at the night sky, Marcus. I'm a little bit mind blown right now. It's, this is crazy. Yeah, so, like, okay, so, so, the ginormous, ginormous solar system that we have. Well, the solar system is just our planets. So, sorry, so, okay, so, the, the, so it basically our system goes is not solar only, system, yeah. universe, or so, solar system, which is part of our galaxy. We're, yeah. we're in the Milky Way galaxy. Yeah. And then our galaxy is in the universe, but that's just our universe, our observable universe. So what's crazy is that if there's like an alien standing on on the porch of his alien gaff in another universe, right? Part of his observable universe could cross over with ours. But because ours is like 93 billion light years across, he might only see a section of it that we can barely see. Okay. He, so- she or it or whatever alien pronoun they want to use is like, <laughs> It's genuinely the the sheer scale of this is like, like and it, this is life. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah, so this is kind of where we look at an answer. Um, the universe is flat, right? We we have uh, we have figured that out mm-hmm. in recent episodes. Yeah, the universe is a uh, it kind of exists as a flat linear plane that is constantly expanding. Um, that's th- part of the Big Bang theory that since. The, like, the Big Bang Theory is basically that the universe was really small at some point and then something happened and it, you know, if you looked at the Big Bang one second after it, it would have been um, an enormous mass of just protons and neutrons and electrons and quarks and stranges and like all of these like microscopic tiny building blocks of everything at roughly 100 trillion degrees Celsius. Um Jeez. And as they cooled, they would have grouped together to create atoms and carbon and oxygen and everything, which created our, our our universe. Yeah, our universe. Like, like to create you know planets and carbon-based life forms and everything like that. It's just like oh my god! But this is so the scary. force of the expansion, or the force of the yeah the expansion of the Big Bang was so strong that according to Big Bang theory, the universe is still expanding. It's still expanding out from right. that from that explosion. So, so that would explain why Hubble found out that. The galaxies that he could see seem to be moving yeah. further and further away. So, uh, yeah, so it's um, it's expanding on a flat linear plane, and it's somehow getting faster 
as it does so. And the, the reason that we will likely never know where the space ends is that we'll probably, I'm going to say probably, it's almost a definitely, never be able to travel faster than the speed of light. And the universe seems to be expanding at this point faster than the speed of light, which is crazy. If the universe is constantly expanding, then what is it expanding into? So Th- That must imply that. That was the first question that I asked myself. It's like, if the universe is everything and it's expanding into nothing, then what is that nothing? Yeah, exactly. Like, this, See what I mean about the, like this yeah, actually yeah, being... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, yeah, completely. It's like being it's like, punched in the brain repeatedly. Mm. Like, honestly, if people who have PhDs in astrophysics respect. It's like if okay? you had a jar and you were filling it with water mm-hmm. and you were, the water, as you kept pouring in water, it didn't overflow from the top. It just kept taking more and more water. It's like, it, it, that's impossible. That ha- there has to be some give outside for it to take that, you know? Yeah, it's kind of, well, it's like you're, you're dealing in all this kind of concept of like temporal space and everything like that. It's absolutely insane. But basically, this paper uh, that was published uh, by Cornell University said, if the universe is infinitely big, then the, amp- then the answer is simply that it isn't expanding into anything. Instead, what is happening is that every region of the universe, every distance between every pair of galaxies is being stretched. But the overall size of the universe was infinitely big to begin with, and continues to remain infinitely big as time goes on. So the universe's size doesn't change, and therefore it doesn't expand into anything. If, on the other hand, the universe has a finite size, so if space does have an ending, then it may be legitimate to claim that there is something outside of the universe that the universe is expanding into. However, because we are, by definition, stuck within the space that makes up our universe, and have no way to observe anything outside of it, this ceases to be a question that can be answered scientifically. So the answer in that case is that we really don't know if anything the universe is expanding into. My head is melted, Marcus. Me too, but you know what? It's like, this is fascinating that like, you know, you can look up into the black expanse of, of, of space at night or you can, you can look up at the sun on a beautiful sunny day or you can sit on on your balcony or out in your back garden with the telescope and see distant, like, you know, you can look at parts of the Milky Way or you can maybe see a nebula or a comet on a clear night and just think that there is a, a, a theoretically infinite amount of space beyond that. And I don't know if you're religious or you're an atheist or you believe in aliens or you believe in anything, but the, the one certainty is that there is an effectively infinite amount of space out there and that's that's incredible and I mean like whatever happens with humanity whether we we all eventually leave earth and start colonies in other planets that's or crazy we, to think we you know like imagine if aliens and humans started interbreeding listen could be happening already who knows but I mean with all the information we've been given I think I can try and attempt to answer the question for Joey do it for Joey Joey, um, the universe does not end. But at the same time, that's because it's constantly expanding its own end into a hypothetically unknown space. That's the best we can do from the inside of a shower. If that isn't good enough, I can mail you the number for NASA and you can have a chat with them yourself. But I mean, this is this is the, the kind of the, the bastardized interpretation um, that was come to by a couple of days of research from a college dropout who's turned into a DJ. So, <laughs> so I mean, space does not end, is what we're happy to say. I'm going to say that space defines its own end. 
so it does not end. It, it has a theor- theoretical end, but it's only an end which is constantly moving further away. Okay. So if you get me, I so get you. It I has an you. end which isn't an end. Okay, I it get has you. A fin- it, like, so it has it has an end that is constantly moving further and further away, at faster than the speed of light. So it's it's not a scientific question anymore. Like it's not observable for us, so yeah. it's it becomes completely theoretical. And Marcus, I my mind is blown. Please, before we get any deeper into this infinite space, some facts. Okay. As if we need more facts. But Do you know what? It, it wouldn't be an episode of In the Share if we didn't bombard you with facts at the end of it all. Are you ready? Give me that space fact. <laughs> you want some space facts? All right. Um, this is a good one. The moon was once a piece of the earth. What? Yeah. Okay, go on. There's a fairly well-documented theory um, that when Earth was a relatively young planet, it was struck by a giant object and the collision broke a piece of the Earth away to create the moon. Uh, The piece then began to orbit the Earth as a result of its gravitational pull. Whoa. I know. How mad is that? That's a pretty big one. Isn't it crazy? So that is is a fact. Yeah. Wow. Okay, one more. Okay, so all of the planets, except for Earth, were named after Greek and Roman gods and goddesses. Okay. So Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, Venus and Mercury were given their names thousands of years ago. Uh, the other planets were not discovered until much later after telescopes were invented. Right. But the tradition of naming the planets after Greek and Roman gods and goddesses was carried on for the other planets discovered as well. So Mercury was named after the Roman god of travel. Mm-hmm. Venus was named after the Roman goddess of love and beauty. Yes. Mars was the Roman god of war. Jupiter was the king of the Roman gods. Wow. And Saturn was the Roman god of agriculture. Gas. Uranus was named after an... Your ass. <laughs> Uranus was named after an ancient Greek king of the gods. Do you know what? What? A planet being called Uranus has caused an infinite amount of chuckles and laughter. It really has. Yeah, it was a great call. It great was. Call. Uh, ne- but then Neptune was the Roman god of the sea. Pluto, which is now classified as a dwarf planet. Listen. It's also it's also classified as a... As a Disney dog. As an orange Disney dog. Mm-hmm. But he was the Roman god of the underworld. Um, and the name Earth, do you know what that means? Earth, no. It's just an Anglo-Germanic word, which means the ground. So we're just We're just here on the ground in an infinitely expanding So universe. the other planets are war, agriculture, <laughs> beauty, and we are ground. Ground. Yeah, so do you know what? In this infinitely expanding universe that surrounds all of us in this 93 billion light year observable universe that we're living in um, we're just sitting here living our lives on the ground and if that doesn't make you feel like (laughs) like the biggest and smallest piece in this giant universal galactic astrophysical um, puzzle then then I don't know what will. I hope this has somewhat answered your question, Joey, because it's opened up so many more for me. I think it's probably our longest episode to date as well. Maybe, I think so, but honestly, like... In the shower with Marcus. 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 Well, I don't think I'll ever sleep again, Marcus. To be honest, I am honestly questioning my existence. I'm questioning... Everything, I'm actually questioning more than I questioned after the episode on Parallel Universes. I don't think it's even questioning, because like p- Parallel Universes are are such a hypothetical but very possible thing. This is just on the table, like, you know, balls to the wall, fact. 
crazy stuff. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of In The Share with Taz and Marcus. We hope that you really, really enjoyed it and your mind isn't too far blown. But um, but hopefully, yeah, you learned something new. If you're new to the podcast, we have over 70 episodes that tackle the weird, wacky and wonderful questions of the world that our amazing listeners have sent in. If you have been with us from the beginning, then thank you so much for listening. If you want to support us and you want to help us in that way and you want to tell your friends about In The Share, we'd really appreciate that. Maybe tell your colleagues or share it on your social media. That is how podcasts grow and we would love you to be a part of that. Believe it or not, a lot of podcasts do actually grow through word of mouth. So do tell your friends about it. Tell your colleagues, tell your family. Every extra listener is fantastic to us. Um, not as fantastic as you, though. You're the original listener that we love the most. <laughs> if you want to get in touch, it's very, very easy. If you have a question and you just want to say hi or you want to send us a picture of your dog or you want to talk to us about the universe, that would be cool. It's very, very easy. You can get in touch with us um, on any of the social media. Just look up for any of the social media. I sound like a granny. Um, you can look up at In The Shower Pod on Twitter and Instagram or get us on Facebook just by searching in the shower with Taz and Marcus and send us lots of lovely pictures and questions. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, not only can you send it to all of those socials, you can send it to our email, which is in the shower podcast at gmail.com. Couple of thank yous to wrap up the episode. Um, I feel very melancholic after that. Like usually, I know. We're, usually we're like, couple of thank yous to wrap up the episode. I'm like, couple Oh, I feel like I'm giving a eulogy. It's amazing. <laughs> you googly. A couple of thank yous to wrap up the episode. A big thank you to all the crew in the House of Podcast Network, Alan, Paddy, everybody. Thank you for doing all the work that you do for, for In The Shower constantly. Next up, thank you so much, Flo Robinson, for doing our cover art. We love you, Flo. Thank you, Dave Gertzman. I know it's a big universe, but I think you make the best theme songs in. And finally, thank you so much to you for dedicating your ears to us for the last little chunk of time in this universe. We really, really appreciate it. We really, really appreciate you. You're loved and you look great. I hope that our bastardised explanations of these questions that people have asked us have kind of improved your day and not sent you into an existential spiral. So Marcus, next week's question. Next week's question is another big one that I can't wait to research because, do do you know what, like constantly when I was doing that that question about space ending, I was listening to like all the Hans Zimmer soundtracks for like Inception and Interstellar and all those. Um, and I think I'm going to have another another Hans Zimmer binge when I'm researching this one. What is it? It comes from Lee Weaver, and he asks, um, is time travel possible? That episode is going to be out next Monday in time for your morning shower. In time travel for your morning shower. But in the meantime, <laughs> keep scrubbing. In the shower with Marcus. 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 This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.